Welcome back to another episode of Life is Full of Daisies, where we talk all things life. I'm Daisy Ayala, and on today's episode, we continue our conversation with Adrian and Maria Salgado on anxiety and OCD. If you haven't listened to part one, listen to last week's episode as we dove into Adrian's journey with anxiety and OCD, as well as hear how Maria was the most supportive girlfriend and now wife. And now we're going to go ahead and dive into the rest of his journey and how he is living a healthier life today. So here we go and enjoy. So then as for you, Adrian, so once y'all got married, you seeked help. When you seeked help, what did that consist of as far as helping cope with it? Um, so the the first person I went to go see, she was a psychologist, actually. Very, very nice lady. I mean, I saw her for, man, I saw her for maybe two and a half years, maybe three years. And this is still at the time when, okay, so I'm kind of, we're kind of starting to narrow down maybe what it is, but we still didn't, We I still couldn't put a finger on it. Mm-hmm. So I went to her and, you know, of course, I mean, she helped me as much as she could, but knowing what I know now, back then, she wasn't specialized to help me with what I actually currently have. But long story short, she did really good of, of listening. And I mean, she she had 30, 40 years experience in the field. So she knew how to basically kind of talk me down when I was really worked up or really scared about a thought or mm-hmm. something that crossed my mind. And it was it was very, it was a lot of, lot of help. I mean, she helped, really, really helped. So that was So you one saw thing. her, and then after that, what was were other ways like that have helped you? Help? Well, so when I, when we finally pinpointed the help of Maria that I might possibly have OCD, and I read it in a book Maria had. Maria had a book when we first started dating, when I told her about what I might possibly have. She bought this book, and I'll never forget. It's called Hope and Help for Your Nerves. She bought it to try to understand what I was going through. So one day I was with her, we were hanging out, and I asked her if I could borrow the book. So I read the book, and I'm reading reading chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter and I'm like huh none of this really sounds like me and I'll never forget I think it was chapter 17 and it was called obsession and I mean I was probably three paragraphs into that chapter and I was like it was as if I wrote that chapter I was like whoa I'm not alone like obviously someone else is going through what I'm going through because there's this chapter in this book and so I ended up kind of eventually I told Maria I was like hey I got something to tell you I want you to read this Read this chapter and read this chapter only and let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is me, but I don't know how to tell you. And so she read the book or the chapter and right as soon as she finished reading the chapter, she was like, it sounds like you have OCD. And I was like, think so? She was like, yeah. And so, I mean, instantly. And, you know, luckily, I've always been a pretty proactive person. If I know something's wrong, mm-hmm. I'll find a solution. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. As hard as it may be, I, I will try my hardest to find a solution. Mm-hmm. So when Maria told me, hey, it might be OCD, I was like, huh. So I started researching OCD specialists in the Austin area, and I found one, made an appointment, and I started seeing my anxiety and OCD specialist. And sure enough, yeah, he definitely diagnosed me with OCD, and that was definitely a game changer. I mean, I was finally able to put a finger on it, Mm -hmm. and that drastically turned it around so I saw him for a couple months started getting better and then I kind of felt like I regressed a little bit and finally I made the decision to get on medication so I started seeing a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. to help me with medication and the one thing I will have to say is it's it's definitely a long journey it's it's tiring but 
it, it takes a lot of work, but if you put in the work, it I promise it'll get better. And so I actually tried two or three different medications, and you know the first one didn't work. The second one was you know giving me horrible, even worse anxiety. And finally, I found the one that that suits me and fit me. And man, from seeing my OCD and anxiety specialist to finally being on medication and and staying on it was the most important thing. I mean, it's my life has been night and day. So you don't have any more like panic attacks? Well, I, I can't say I don't have any more. But the OCD is always going to be there. It's something I was born with. But it's definitely, it's not really, it's not in my face anymore. Like, I'm above water. I'm definitely above water. I'm, you see the light. Not in the tunnel exactly, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I got my head above water. Like, right now, it's like, you know, I'm kind of just laid back. Kick back by the pool, floating, <laughs> having a good time. He's you know always what I mean? fishing, y'all. Yeah, always. which I'm actually about to go do here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, how you feel about that? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 something that's always going to be a part of me, but with therapy and medication and and a good support system like my wife and my parents. Now everyone, my my parents, my brothers, one or two of my cousins, you know, they all know kind of the the depth of it. So Wait, so you said when did you when did your parents get to that point where they know the depth of it? Um, I'd say probably when I finally moved to Austin. And then with Maria's help, I started learning more about what it was so I was able to to translate that to my parents about what it might possibly be and where I'm at and what I'm doing. I'm seeing a psychologist. Okay, now I'm seeing an OCD anxiety specialist who has diagnosed me finally with OCD. And, and yeah, it's, it's a real thing. So that's, I mean, it took, shoot, from the time I was 24, 25 years old to about 30. Wow. Yeah, 30 years old maybe. So it was about a, about a five to six year trek of being really lost and confused and scared. Do you contribute a lot of that to have, obviously to having Maria kind of help push Oh no, for sure. I mean, if if I hadn't met Maria, I, I really I don't know I don't know what I'd, I'd probably still be chasing my tail right now. I mean, I don't. I if anything, sometimes I think maybe I think finally I'd had enough and maybe called a hotline. Maybe they could have steered me in the right direction. Yeah, but that's true. I mean, it was it was a lot a lot of work, which is kind of sad. It shouldn't be that hard to find out what you're actually kind of suffering from. But it was a lot of work between Maria and I. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I had Maria with me, who's very intelligent, and smart, and she just kind of helped narrowing it down. For me. And that's awesome. As the older sister, I'm very proud of you, Maria, <laughs> for being such an adult about this. Because honestly, it also takes a certain emotional maturity to be able to be like, oh, you have this? Okay, well, what can I do to help? Instead of trying to just fix the problem yourself. Yeah. You have to like listen. And yeah. A lot of times we have, I know I have that problem and I'm, like I said, I'm learning to listen to people more instead of just trying to be a solution or trying to find a solution for them. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's one thing you just, you have to sit back and listen to the person. One thing with Adrian, like finally figuring out what it was, like I did notice like so much change in his, in his, in, in his character and his personality the panic attack they're now they're far in between before you you would have them more frequent maybe like once a month prior to being on medication man i was having them i'd have like maybe one or two a week yeah it was and with medication and i'm very much about like not taking meds like i don't believe taking foreign stuff or you're putting it in your body but then adrian and i kind of discussed it, like you know he asked how i felt him taking medication and to me i felt like what like you i thought we were getting therapy like that was helping but then kind of describe like with the ocd the type of ocd because within there's 
different types. I mean, you know, you have OCD where you touch things. And, and Adrian Compul- would... Compulsive. Yeah, compulsive. And Adrian there's, would there's have a little bit... There's compulsive and obsessive. And I'm more obsessive than compulsive. Yeah. And so once we figured out what exactly it was, it was easier to kind of find a solution from there. And so when he would describe when he like how he felt when he was having a moment or when he was having a panic attack, I'm like, I sit back and think, who am I to judge a person for taking medication if I don't know how they feel or what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, we decided together and I said, you know what, babe, if, if this is going to help you and make you feel better and get you in your right headspace, mm-hmm. like, let's go, let's try it out and see how it goes. Cause at this point we've tried everything by the book kind of to figure out to, to help him. And so I think now we're, like I said, the, he, his panic attacks are far in between. Mm-hmm. They don't happen often. And usually when he, I mean, it, we're all human. I think a lot of us do have some form of anxiety, whether it be like a thought crosses our head and yeah. it, you don't act on it. But with someone who does suffer from anxiety or OCD, they keep thinking that they keep thinking that thought over and over it and keeps, play it, it out in their re- head. They just keeps replaying and replaying. And then you, it's kind of like a a mental game where. Like, or the way that Adrian described it to me is like, you know, you keep thinking about it and then you start to question, well, is this real? Like, am I supposed to do this? This, Here's a a more subtle way of putting it. Imagine you're driving down, you know, Interstate 35, you know, you're trucking along, listening to music and you're approaching a bridge and the thought, it's probably crossed millions of people's minds. Mm -hmm. The the thought crosses your mind. It's like, what if this bridge were to collapse on top of my car? Oh, I've thought that all the time. You know, people without a nervous illness would be like, huh, that was weird. And it would go in one ear and out the other and they would never think about that again someone with like for example like my situation that thought would cross my mind and that thought if it kind of kind of wakes me up like oh my god that would be horrible it would continue to just basically was a snowball effect spiraling thoughts is kind of what it's called so it gets to the point where it's like okay it's really really scary and oh my this could happen to me what if it does happen to me? Oh my, there's this many bridges on my way to work. And it literally, the smoke snowball keeps getting bigger, bigger, bigger to the point to where every time I might cross under a bridge, I start to sweat. I get a panic attack. Some people will get to the point where they just avoid going under bridges. And some people, unfortunately, get to the point where it's so bad, they just decide not to drive. Wow. Yeah, no, it's very, very bad. And it's it's just, it's, it's it's something that, and one of my doctors, you know, I told my doctor one time, I told her, I was like, you know, it's, it's, you'll never understand. And she looked at me and she's like, you're right. She's like, I never will understand. And it's something that if you don't suffer from it, you'll never get it. You you will never get it. You can try to understand, but you never will understand. But in a nutshell, that's basically kind of what it is. Wow. On my part. Well, thank you for giving us like an actual descriptor of how it feels to be in that headspace. Yeah. Because I'm like, you never know who could be going through that. And oh, yeah. they finally can be like, maybe I have OCD. Like, yeah, you know, who knows who you could be helping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So now you're just on medication. And with the pandemic, have, have you noticed, like, your anxiety go up or down? Or no, you know, not, not really. really. And going back to, you know, Maria about saying, like, you know, her kind of questioning being on medication. And, and it's really not, it's not Maria's fault, but it's unfortunate that, I mean... Ever since I was a child, there was such a stigma wrapped around mental health, depression, anxiety, and medication. Oh my God, if you're on mental health medication, you're nuts. Oh my God. And it's sad, but it's something we're born and raised into. If someone's seen a psychologist, oh, you're nuts. Like, you need to be in a straitjacket in a padded room. Yeah. You're seeing a psychiatrist, you're wacko, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's unfortunate because I mean, yes, you're right. because a lot of that actually kind of, it kept me from, from wanting to go see help. Because it's like, no, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a whack job, you know, I'm not a, I'm not psycho, so I'm not going to go see a doctor. But in reality, I needed to go see a doctor. 
but I did because there's such a stigma wrapped around this. And it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. It's true. And I want to take this moment to encourage anybody. If you know someone or you kind of see this happening, get them a book like Maria did. She got a book to understand it. Or if you have a loved one that's like that, try to understand it. You're never going to fully be able to understand because you're not going through it. But seek help. Don't make this a taboo subject just because we're all Hispanic or Latinos. We need to be more vocal about it because there's quite a bit of mental illness in the Hispanic community that goes misdiagnosed oh, yeah. quite often. And yeah. there's a lot of suicides because of that. Or they feel like they can't cope with it at all. So I think we need to shift our perspective and be more encouraging with each other so that people can live a healthier and happier life. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go away. But like you said, you at least are living a much happier life. Oh, no. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely yeah for sure i'm i mean i mean i'm i'm enjoying myself i'm enjoying a life you know well, you know you go fishing all the time <laughs> <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong I, I have my moments you know i still get my the chemical imbalance in my head it still gets thrown off a little bit but i know it's gonna pass you know what i mean and, and the medication just makes it that much easier but going back to the stigma on medication though i remember the first therapist i went to and she was gosh she was a sweetheart she really really helped me and i told her straight up i was like i don't want to take medication because i'm stronger than that I told her basically the stigma about it yeah. and she tells me she's like well, people who suffer from allergies, they take allergy medication on a daily basis, right? And I'm like, True. yeah. And she says, so what's the difference between a mental health medication and that? And I was like, nothing. She's like, people who suffer from migraines, they take medication on a daily basis. What's the difference in that? And I was like, you make a very good point. <laughs> I mean, you're feeding whatever is just, there's like an imbalance. Right. Really yeah. But it's just, you know, it's the whole stigma around that topic, that subject. I think as a society, we've come around and opened up. I mean, you've, there's a lot of athletes, a lot of actors, actresses, oh, artists yeah. that have come out and vocal about what they suffer. I mean, I know there's some artists who unfortunately have passed away. I think they oh, overdosed because yeah. of self-soothing. And so like, I feel like as a, as a world, we're, we're opening up and we're understanding more of it. Just like, yeah. you know, with the LGBTQ community, like we're understanding more. And so like, we're more accepting of people not being like us, you know, people are different. And so it's like a topic that we're, we're opening, we have, we're opening our eyes to. That's true. Yeah. And- we're, we're growing slowly, you know, as a nation, as a world. I mean. We're getting better. But even then, it's still in the Hispanic community, it seems to be very closed off sometimes. For to, sure. To this, to this topic. Yeah. But like I said, this is why we do this type of episodes, because we want to bring awareness to it, and you're not alone. But now going into, I know that y'all have been married, and thinking about having children. What do you feel like, that, do you get anxiety about that, or nervous about it? Well, I mean, I think anybody gets a little bit of anxiety and, and nervous about it, but I mean, I've come such a long way with therapy, medication, that now mm-hmm. it's, I feel like a normal human being. Does that make sense? I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Like, now it's like, okay, well, yeah, I know it's, you know, going to be scary. It's like this child is, the day we have a child, it's like, okay, that's my responsibility for the rest of my life while I'm alive, you know what I mean? Of course, you want the best for them, but, I mean, as far as keeping me up at night with insomnia, no. <laughs> as far as having panic attacks about it, no. I think we, whenever, um, like, after we got married and I finally moved, because um, I was living in Houston at the time, and mm-hmm. Adrian was in Austin, so we decided that I would move. And so when I moved into our first apartment, I remember like, the, I think the first week we were kind of like on a high of like, you know, it's, you know, we're married, we're living together, you know, this is what life is. But I think face. like the second yeah. week it kind of hit you and I knew you were off. And so I think that's kind of where we like kind of really found like what really was going on. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if that was around the time where I knew like we kind of pinpointed what exactly was, was going on. Like, I guess what type of anxiety or what type of OCD you had. I think that's what it was 
when we found out exactly kind of yeah i mean major life moment i mean right with any major like life changes anxiety is really going to take advantage of you especially like with me with ocd like anything drastic any kind of change in your life it's really going to try to bring you down and it does it will you know it'll yeah so I think, you know, with, if, you know, the day we do have children, I think, you know, that's natural. I think for anyone, like Adrian said, I think, it, I think everyone probably has that at some oh, point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, especially first-time parents. The unknown. Yeah. Never you're, dealt with you're, Yeah, you're kind of going into uncharted territory that you've never, I mean, I've never taken care of a small child. And mm-hmm. I know, I, I know I would probably get a little bit of, like, nervousness of what if I can't provide for this child? Or, yeah, you know, like, I, mean, I mean, I feel like as a mom, like, you... you you worry. A wor- yeah, I mean, I think like well, my mom. Said- just, our mom did say the moment you have a child, you will never get any real sleep because you're always worrying about that child. But anyways, coming back to full circle, what we were talking about <laughs> for y'all, like, what advice would you give to anybody? Just generally give as somebody that's dealt with this. Um, I mean, definitely open up to somebody, someone you can trust. Let them know there's something severely wrong. And, I mean, like, what I did, I went with my insurance, I went online to my insurance, and I saw who my provider, who I was a network in, to, to basically see the first therapist, my first psychologist I saw. Confide in someone that you really, really trust. Even call a hotline. I've, I've never called one, but I'm sure they're very helpful. I hear they're very helpful, and they can lead you in the right direction. On the back of your insurance card, I remember when I was working in Houston, my buddy told me, he's like, dude, on the back of the insurance card... Call that number. Let them know what you're going through. They will help you. Speak to somebody. You got you got you got to start being proactive today about it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. People want to shame you for it. Then they're not your friends. You want the leave people. them. Then they're not your friends. They're yeah. they're not there for you. And and you got to keep moving on because you got to seek treatment today. You got to seek help today. You got to start understanding and, and acknowledging like okay, this is me. This is how I handle it. Because when you get to that situation, when you finally kind of learn it and you learn yourself. It becomes so much easier, but you've got to just start being proactive. True. Maria, any advice as the spouse of someone? Yeah, I mean, you just have to sit back and listen to the person and try to be as supportive as you can and help with finding a solution. So in our case, encourage Adrian to seek therapy because there's only, like I said previously, there's only so much us as a family and friends can do for a person that a specialist can do so much more. True, true. And then I'm going to end with some supporting a loved one with anxiety, like hurtful versus helpful phrases. The hurtful phrases that you should avoid if somebody does open up to you are, it's not worth worrying about that. Why stress about it? That's the worst thing you can say. You're invalidating what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. Everyone has anxiety. You just have to deal. Yeah. That's an absolutely not y'all. Have you tried yoga or meditation? People know that they're going through that. And trust me, I'm sure Adrian has tried meditation at some point. No, I I used to meditate on a daily basis. And it helps. Don't get me wrong. It it does help. I mean, there's just so many things that you have to do for it to all come together. It's not just one thing. It's multiple, multiple things. But anyway. And the other one, anxiety disorder. You just sound stressed to me. Again, you're invalidating what this person's going through. And that's the absolute wrong thing to do. Here are the helpful things that you can respond with. Is there anything I can do to help? That sounds so tough. I'm proud of you for hanging in there. I'm here to listen. Let me know what you need. I'm glad you're getting the support you deserve. And those are the things that we should be telling anybody that does open up. 
I do want to extend it. If, if there is anyone out there listening to this podcast and you just need a listening ear, someone to help support you, do feel free to email me or DM me. I don't mind being that listening ear because, like I said, I'm learning through Adrian. I'm learning through Maria and how she became supportive in this. And I just want you all to know that you are cared for and you all have a purpose and you're amazing and nothing's wrong with you. There might be just things that are not in the right place, but you just need to have the right support system. But again, Adrian and Maria, I want to thank you both for being on Life is Full of Daisies. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for telling your story. It's very brave of you, Adrian. Yeah, I, no. I, you know, I know that it's hard and you've really never really opened up. I knew about it because you've told me about it. Like I said, thank you so much for being on the no, show. No, for sure. And this leads us into Daisy's Seed of the Week, which is by Mellow Doodles which I found them on Instagram as well. And she does a lot of illustrations for mental illness and advocation for mental awareness. And here it goes. I hope you know that you deserve a space in this world just as much as anyone else. I pray to see the fire inside of you and all the special things you are capable of creating, doing, achieving, and being. You must remember that despite the tough times, you will make it through. You are always loved and appreciated more than you could ever truly know. The world needs you to shine. Do it unapologetically, fiercely, and always with love by Mellow Doodles. And this honestly was a great illustration and a great just quote that she did and just tells us to let yourself shine and and do it unapologetically and be you be who you are meant to be and I want to just thank all of you for continuing to be such amazing people and amazing listeners I truly do appreciate all the feedback all the comments all the messaging that y'all give me because it continually helps me grow and helps this podcast grow if again if y'all have any kind of topic or any interest in any anybody you want me to interview you can always go on our Instagram you can DM me there at life is full of daisies or you can email me at hello daisy at gmail.com where I can respond to you don't forget to go on Apple podcast and give us a five-star review because this really helps me grow and reach a bigger audience without y'all this would not be possible I'm always very very thankful for all of you and y'all have an amazing week don't forget to be kind along the way and do an act of kindness bye